Some say that 10% or even more of those abused by someone who suffers from Munchausen syndrome by proxy will die at the hands of their caretaker. It's an especially horrendous disease to fall victim to because those who do survive will often go on to have chronic, unnecessary illnesses brought on by the abuse. But one young woman made sure she wouldn't be a statistic. This is the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the cancer victim turned murderer who was never actually sick. Hi friends, I'm Katie, and this is Katie Does Crime. Welcome to those of you just joining, and thank you all so much for your likes and comments. They really mean a lot. You know, sometimes true crime gets a bad rap when people talk about their favorite horrific murder or which serial killer is the hottest, so I really try to be respectful to the victims and their families. But I have to admit to you that I have a secret fascination with the idea of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, or as it's officially known, factitious disorder imposed on another. Munchausen syndrome is based on a character from a 1785 German book, Baron Munchausen, who tells wild tales about his outlandish accomplishments, like the time he took a ride on a cannonball. When a British doctor coined the term Munchausen syndrome in 1951, he said it described patients with dramatic, dishonest stories. They actually manifest the symptoms of diseases to get comfort from professionals and attention from everyone else. They've sometimes read up on the medical field so much that they can convince doctors that they need long stays in the hospital for more and more complicated procedures. In the related Munchausen syndrome by proxy, a caretaker imposes the disorder onto someone else, either actually making them sick or making them pretend to be. They're out for sympathy and attention, and having to put someone else on the brink of death is just a speed bump along their path toward emotional fulfillment. As a side note, I also learned that Munchausen by internet is a thing where people fake sicknesses online. I'm looking at you, Belle Gibson. Munchausen syndrome is messed up, but Munchausen syndrome by proxy is sick. And yes, fascinating. And thus begins the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, so named because her mother, Claudine Didi, liked the name Gypsy, and her father, Rod, was a fan of Guns N' Roses. From almost the moment she was born on January 27, 1991 in Missouri, Gypsy's mom was convinced that she was a sickly little baby. When Gypsy was only three months old, Dee Dee was sure she was suffering from sleep apnea and made doctors conduct overnight sleep studies. Nothing was found. But it was the start of 23 years of Gypsy believing she was on the brink of death. Dee Dee told neighbors her daughter had chromosomal defects, muscular dystrophy, epilepsy, severe asthma, sleep apnea, ear infections, and eye problems that required huge, clear, plastic-framed glasses. She'd suffered from leukemia as a mere toddler. She needed a feeding tube and sometimes an oxygen tank. She used a walker at first for her muscular dystrophy, but then switched to a wheelchair at the age of seven for her paralysis. As Gypsy became a teenager, her mom began saying that she'd always been homeschooled because she was far too behind the other children developmentally, you know, on account of her brain damage. Dee Dee said she had the IQ of a seven-year-old, and Gypsy validated this to the outside world by continuing to wear princess costumes and speaking in a high, tiny voice well into her teenage years and young adulthood. Gypsy's dad separated from Dee Dee even before Gypsy was born, saying they had only gotten married because she'd gotten pregnant. He'd been 17 and still in high school while she was 24. So you can imagine how being a single mother added to Dee Dee's sense of martyrdom. Because of Gypsy's many illnesses, they got to meet country star Miranda Lambert through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Miranda Lambert and Blake Shelton even gave them money for medical treatment in Paris. 
They got a free trip to Disney World that actually went viral recently when a TikToker discovered that the family photos taken when she was six years old at Disney World included Dee Dee and Gypsy in the background. The TikToker said the situation seemed perfectly normal at the time and that her family said they'd be praying for Gypsy. When things started to hit the fan, Dee Dee and Gypsy were living in a free house built for them by Habitat for Humanity with special accessibility add-ons for Gypsy and pink paint on the outside, of course, to match their darling personalities. I remember my mom had gave me this little glass house and she said, this one day this will be real. And now it finally is. We have an awesome bathtub. It's a um, jacuzzi tub meant for my muscles. And we have a wonderful ramp. Neighbors describe them as sweet. Gypsy with her ever-present smile despite all of her ailments. Dee Dee with ribbons in her hair as she projected movies onto the side of her house for the cul-de-sac to enjoy. Sure, Dee Dee charged for concessions, but the money was, of course, for her daughter's medical fund. Gypsy probably didn't get to partake in the treats because her crumbling teeth and feeding tube meant she mostly lived on cans of Pediasure, which is a nutritional drink meant for kids younger than 13, and Gypsy was almost an adult. It's guessed that Dee Dee removed Gypsy from school to have more control over her, but in this wonderful internet age, it's hard to keep a woman from all the ways of the world. In February 2011, Gypsy met a man at a sci-fi convention who was more than twice her age, and he took her back to his hotel room unseen as a means of helping her escape. But Dee Dee tracked her down like a dog, and Gypsy was escorted home and made to watch as her computer was smashed with a hammer. Dee Dee threatened to smash Gypsy's fingers if she ever tried that again. But you can't keep a boy-crazy teen from love. In, in October 2014, Gypsy confessed to a 23-year-old neighbor that she was in deep. She was using a secret Facebook account under the name Emma Rose, and she'd met a young man on a Christian dating website named Nicholas Godajohn. They'd secretly been talking for two years once Dee Dee finally allowed another computer into the house. 24-year-old Nicholas didn't care that Gypsy was in a wheelchair and that she was, you know, a dying childlike Disney princess wearing a wig to cover the effects of chemo. In fact, her love of dressing up was only fed by their online relationship, where she could take photos of herself as Harley Quinn licking a knife and be whoever she wanted to be for him. The two were fond of sending each other BDSM photos and discussing their assigned roles. They seemed to be living in a fantasy world, late at night while Dee Dee was asleep. Nicholas talked about his evil side that enjoyed killing, although his only real brush with the law before that was for watching smutty videos in a McDonald's one time. And okay, like, yes, fine. So he was there watching for nine hours straight and was touching himself while he did it. Maybe they should give him his own menu item, the McRub. Get it? Like the McRib? No? Okay. But on June 14th, 2015, Dee Dee's Facebook account posted one sentence, that bitch is dead. The English major in me is bothered that the person who wrote it capitalized the B in bitch, like it's a proper noun, but it turns out that the neighbors were more concerned that Dee Dee wasn't usually known for such language. One person replied asking if her Facebook had been hacked, and another said it sounded like they must be watching a movie at the Blanchard house. Someone gave that a thumbs up. But another comment came in a few minutes later from Dee Dee's account that said that the fat pig had been slashed and the sweet innocent daughter had been violated. It ended with an LOL. When police went to check on the Blanchards, they found the family van in the driveway, but no one was answering the door. A friend crawled through a window and found that everything inside looked normal, apart from the fact that all the Gypsy's wheelchairs appeared to be there. Wherever she was, she would be helpless without them. 
It took hours for the police to finally get a warrant to fully search the little pink house. And when they did, they found Dee Dee deceased in her bedroom, stabbed and decomposing for days. People who had only met them once came out in droves online to fret over where poor, darling Gypsy might be. The neighbor Gypsy had once confided in about her secret online future husband told police what she knew, and they put a trace on the IP address used to write the suspicious Facebook posts. It was registered to Nicholas Godijohn of Big Bend, Wisconsin. And that's where they found Gypsy the next day, June 15, 2015. She didn't need her wheelchairs because she could walk. She didn't need her medication because there was nothing wrong with her. She'd even been getting her head shaved to make it seem like she had cancer. The people who loved Gypsy and her mom wondered, had they been had? Home video from the day after the murder shows Gypsy and Nicholas laughing and flirting in a motel room like nothing had happened. They took a bus back to Wisconsin to live with Nicholas's parents, and in an interview, Gypsy said she was just excited to be free and walking, like a bird let out of a cage. Nicholas told his parents that her mom had kicked her out and Gypsy had been living in a homeless shelter. They were her saviors. Nicholas and Gypsy had mailed the murder weapon and $4,000 they stole from Dee Dee back to themselves, and Nicholas's father saw the package come into the house, but of course never considered that a bloody knife could be inside. Gypsy said she made Nicholas write the Facebook posts because her conscience wanted her mom to be found and have a proper burial. When the police picked up the couple for questioning based on the IP address of the Facebook posts, Gypsy maintained that she had nothing to do with killing her mom, which is technically true if you only take into account that she didn't actually hold the knife as Dee Dee took her last breath. Gypsy had texted Nicholas that the front door was squeaky and that he should only open it enough to squeeze through and that she would have the knife and duct tape waiting for him. And then she'd gone to the bathroom and covered her ears, but she could still hear her mom wake up startled, call Gypsy's name and say, help me. Dee Dee screamed, and then the house was silent. Nicholas's family said that he was quiet, introverted, and had been diagnosed as autistic. As a 26-year-old, his family said he had the mind of more like a 15 or 16-year-old. He says he used to hear voices and may have had multiple personality disorder. Gypsy, having never had a boyfriend, said she didn't know what was normal, so she made up personalities to suit his. Bella, the romantic one. Candy, the explicit one. Ruby, the evil one. Dabbling in BDSM just fit naturally with what she'd been taught about women being submissive to men. When Nicholas, the dominant, said he'd protect Gypsy from anyone and she'd said, even my mom, that's where it all started. Nicholas confessed to the crime, and thanks to all of the texts and Facebook messages authorities were able to uncover between the two, Gypsy was clearly an accomplice. The county prosecutor said he wouldn't seek the death penalty for either of them, though, due to the extraordinary and unusual circumstances of the case. Gypsy accepted a plea bargain for 10 years in prison, while a jury convicted Nicholas for first-degree murder and armed criminal action. He was sentenced to life in prison. As more and more details of Gypsy's life became clear, the public sentiment really seemed to turn from the initial, we've been duped and Gypsy was in on it, to this was a young woman who's been abused her whole life. Some hard truths about Dee Dee were revealed, like that her own family didn't want her ashes when she was cremated. They said just to flush them. Dee Dee was a shoplifter and stole other people's clothes from the laundromat. Her family said she wrote bad checks and committed credit card fraud. This might be why you see her spell her last name differently sometimes, as an attempt to escape her past. Gypsy's dad said that when he met her at the bowling alley as a teenager, she was into dark things like witchcraft and had a pet tarantula. 
And beyond the medical abuse of Gypsy, there was also the physical abuse. Gypsy said she would get slapped so many times for each bad thing she did. To punish her one time, Dee Dee kept Gypsy on a leash, clipped to a pair of handcuffs, and attached to her bed for two weeks. So how did Dee Dee get away with her lies and abuse for so long? Gypsy's dad said that when he asked her about her condition, Dee Dee said that Gypsy had a disease, some sort of chromosomal disorder that was causing all of her issues, and she could maybe live to be an older teenager, but would certainly die young. And then she moved Gypsy farther and farther away so he wouldn't be around to ask such questions. When he called to wish Gypsy a happy 18th birthday, Dee Dee wouldn't allow him to tell her that she was 18. Dee Dee had been pretending Gypsy was much younger to be able to have more control over her. And Dee Dee had a fake birth certificate to help with the lie. Rod, of course, thought this was odd, but he was just a nice guy who sent his child support checks every month. Dee Dee had once worked as a nurse's aide, so she was able to manipulate doctors by leading them down the path she wanted toward Gypsy having a specific ailment. If she was seeing a cardiologist, suddenly everyone in her family had a history of heart problems. One doctor actually did write in Gypsy's medical records that he suspected Dee Dee was up to something, but she would switch doctors, move away, and claim the records were lost in Hurricane Katrina. Doctors are supposed to report neglect, but Munchausen syndrome by proxy manifests itself as appearing to care too much. Doctors often just see the diseased parent as being extra attentive. Gypsy says she was just as lied to as everyone else. She said she knew that she could secretly walk and that she could eat properly, but it was also confusing. Dee Dee seemed to love her so much. Why would she be making all of this up? When she'd shave Gypsy's head, she'd say, it's going to fall out anyway, so let's keep it nice and neat. When Gypsy got a skinned knee from a motorcycle accident with her grandfather, Dee Dee said the doctor insisted she be in a wheelchair from now on. Gypsy says she knew her life was different from other kids, but she didn't know it was abuse because it was the only kind of life she'd ever known. I think that's the hardest part of this, knowing that Dee Dee knew she was hurting Gypsy and just kept going. The breathing machine every night seemed to make Gypsy feel worse, not better. The meal replacement shakes meant for children left her malnourished and made her teeth fall out. The feeding tube she didn't actually need meant she didn't even have to be awake for Dee Dee to force medication into her. The idea that the feeding tube needed to be changed every six months and was extremely painful for Gypsy didn't seem to affect Dee Dee at all. She would do absolutely crazy things like have Gypsy's salivary glands injected with Botox to cut down on drooling and then have them completely removed because she couldn't bear to clean up after this child at all. Nicholas's mom called Gypsy a beast, but others say she didn't know anything but lies and manipulation. The thing about someone with Munchausen syndrome by proxy is that they're looking for emotional fulfillment. The especially sad thing is that the caregiver is trying to live vicariously through their ailing kid, hoping to get attention reflected back onto herself while she actively makes her child sicker. And it's super hard to prove that someone has it, because how do you tell who's suffering from the disorder and who's just an abusive mom slowly killing her kid? Either way, Gypsy was basically a hostage, and we'd never blame a kidnapping victim for doing whatever it takes to escape. Did you hate your mother at that point? I didn't hate her. You wanted her dead. Yes, but it was not because I hated her. It was because I wanted to escape her. Doctors say victims of this sort of abuse, who have been lied to or forced to keep up a ruse their entire lives, may have a hard time distinguishing what reality even is. They say this might be why Gypsy seemed almost gleeful after helping to kill her mom, between the home video in the hotel with Nicholas and the excited Facebook posts. 
This might be why she texted Nicholas that she had painted her nails dark pink for the murder, like it was a special occasion. Gypsy says that at the time, it didn't feel like she had anywhere to turn. The police had a history of being charmed by Dee Dee with her fake birth certificate showing Gypsy's young age. An anonymous person once even reported that Gypsy might be a victim of abuse, but Dee Dee manipulated police officers by showing them how hard she was working to keep Gypsy alive. Gypsy says she should have tried the police anyway, and she should have contacted her dad. In the end, though, she says that the 10 years in jail is worth it to not have to suffer 10 more years at the hands of her mom. The little pink house that they once lived in has now been painted bright blue, and the wheelchair ramp has been removed. Gypsy's father says he doesn't know what Dee Dee must have said about him over the years, but that he and Gypsy are working on their relationship now. Gypsy says she knows he was completely in the dark about the abuse and doesn't blame him at all. She now has shiny, long brown hair and has finally been allowed to eat enough to get to a healthy weight. She is currently held at the Chillicothe Correctional Center in Missouri and will be eligible for parole in 2024, just before she turns 33 years old. She's had several online relationships and was even engaged for a short time to a prison pen pal. She's working on a book that she hopes will help other victims of abuse. One of the most interesting aspects of this case for a real sicko like myself is that Nicholas Godejohn was apparently a fan of the idea of necrophilia, sleeping with the dead. He wanted to assault Dee Dee after killing her, but Gypsy made a deal with him. If he didn't do that to Dee Dee, he could do it to Gypsy in the next room after the murder. To me, this reads as one last act of selflessness on the part of Gypsy toward a woman who'd been nothing but selfish toward her daughter her entire life. And it's not surprising that Gypsy has a goal of helping others when she's released from prison. She hopes to become an advocate for child abuse victims, especially those who suffered under a caretaker with Munchausen syndrome by proxy. She says that spreading awareness by educating others on how to combat child abuse has become her personal passion. Knowing what we know now about Gypsy's abuse, do you think her 10-year sentence was the right call? Or do you think Gypsy should have been let off completely? Let me know in the comments. Thank you for tuning into my podcast episode. I'm just a true crime fan like you are, and I really appreciate you taking a chance on me. Please subscribe and tell a friend if you like spending this time together. You can also find me on YouTube in the flesh by searching Katie Does Crime.